I've lived in northern Monmouth County in New Jersey my entire life. I've been a fiction writer, actor, playwright, blogger, gourmet chef, home renovator, event planner, landscape architect, and decorator. Now, I'm married to a professional drummer who is also an award-winning photographer, so the arts have always been really important to me. There are so many people in this part of New Jersey that are involved in the arts, and I am planning to talk to all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'm inviting you to listen in. I'm Lucille Lasapio, talking arts and culture, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. My guest today is Little Silver's Greg Schwears, a professional actor who is a former Monmouth County prosecuting attorney. Now, Greg and I have known each other for many years, but we got to know each other really well when we acted together in Murder Mysteries. So maybe today he can tell us just how realistic those murder mysteries are as compared to the crimes that he prosecuted. Hello, Greg. Hello, Lucille. I'm glad you were able to make it today. As am I. It's good to be here. So let's start by talking about acting as your second career. Sure. Because many people may not know that you spent several decades working as a Monmouth County prosecutor. But you also have a pretty impressive acting resume in terms of the number of roles you've played over the years. A lot of it occurring while you carried on your legal career. Now you've acted in theater and in film and in television. How did you find the time to practice law while you were doing all this? Over the years, I, I did manage to do a lot of local theater uh, and some local commercials, too. And then I, I transitioned into professional acting when I retired in 2012. Some of your acting experience was doing murder mysteries, right. where, where you and I worked together for many years. Yep. Did you ever actually prosecute any murder cases as a prosecutor? I did. I did. I handled, obviously, a lot of other cases, too. Sex crimes cases, kidnapping cases. And then the latter part of my career, I was in charge of allegations of police misconduct. Was there anything in the murder mysteries that resembled the actual murders that you worked on? I can't really think of anything <laughs> like that, no. Remember Nobody when, was uh, killed with an uh, with an icicle? Or? No. So no, nothing nothing like that at all. How did the prosecutor's office feel about you being in murder mysteries, even possibly playing the part of a murderer? They were supportive. In fact, my first boss, John Kay, would sometimes if you'd see me in the hallway, hey, how's the acting going? A very close friend of mine, Andrea Lyon, was the deputy public defender in Chicago for years. In fact, several of her closing arguments ended up being used by the show The Practice because of her ability to dramatize her arguments effectively. When you're an attorney, you're in some ways playing a role. And I'm guessing that you had some interesting cases during your stint as a prosecutor, and you may have dealt with some interesting or maybe infamous characters. As an actor, have you ever tapped into those experiences or modeled your characters after individuals you came across? I don't think I did. A question I would get a lot is, as an actor and as an attorney, does the acting help you as a prosecuting attorney or does being a prosecuting attorney help you as an actor and the answer is both because you're on your feet a lot and you're speaking in front of or before an audience or with an audience as in the case of a murder mystery so it would help each other and I have, and I have a feeling and correct me if I'm wrong that the people who are actually engaged in criminal activity aren't quite as interesting as they are on television <laughs> you're absolutely right about that now that you've retired from the prosecutor's office, yep. you decided to start auditioning more aggressively. Is this a full-time job, just finding a job as an actor? Yeah, that's a good question. It is sort of full-time. I do have a manager, and the manager will call me or email me. And prior to the pandemic, a lot of auditions were in New York, but some were just iPhone auditions. So there are a lot of auditions. I myself look for work on either Actors Access or Backstage, and I will self-submit. Sometimes they respond to me personally. Sometimes they respond to me through my agent, and I will audition. So, yeah, I'm always auditioning, and sometimes we get parts, and sometimes we don't. Now, I know everyone that is interested in an acting career or making a living as an actor is really anxious to know, how did you get an agent? 
It was through an audition. I think it was a voiceover audition with this very nice casting director. And I had been before him once or twice. It was on this particular audition. He stopped and said, you know, that was really good. And I said, thank you. He goes, uh, are you represented? I said, um, I am not. He said, would you like to be represented? And I said, sure. He said, all right, you know, I'm going to submit your name to about a half a dozen managers or agents that I, that I would recommend. And if they get back in touch with you, just follow it up. So he submitted me to about five or six, like he said, and two got in touch with me. One wanted to freelance, and the other, my current manager, wanted me to sign a two-year contract. And that was five years ago. We've just sort of been going ever since. Are they still asking for resumes when you audition? Not nearly as much. And of course, that was prior to the pandemic because now, uh, again, everything's with the iPhone. Or FaceTime or Zoom calls. No, they don't ask you for headshot and resume as much because they have it on the computer now. What was the process that you used for just starting? What were the first steps you took? In terms of, of getting some paying jobs as an actor in New York. Okay, so when I first retired, I got my headshot and resume done. And I was told by just about everybody, well, you really need to join Actors Access and or Backstage and or Casting Networks. So I joined all three. So initially, I was just self-submitting and I would be called in for things. One of the first jobs I got was the role of Anthony in a, in a Prince Spaghetti remake commercial. So it's the same theme of the young boy running down the aisle because his mother is screaming, Anthony, Anthony. But when he gets to the front door and opens it and goes in, it's now 40 years later and it's me, adult Anthony, and now I'm, I'm visiting my 80-year-old mother. And so we did that. Funny thing about that is I remember that audition. I looked to my right, I looked to my left, and I see everybody dressed in a black t-shirt. They were obviously very Italian. <laughs> And I'm not. And I remember thinking, I'm not getting this job. The following day, I got a callback. I think a lot of times, because the Italian look is so obvious, they want to go for the opposite. I think you're right. I think they probably wanted to kind of be a little more inclusive. Right. And now, I remember when The Sopranos had open auditions. Do you remember that? I do. I went up there. You did? I went up there, yes. And there was so there was so much traffic on the turnpike. I'm going, well, this this can't be because of the audition. It must just, it was a Saturday morning. And of course, that's why there was. It was. There were just like thousands of people. I think it was in Garfield. I don't even remember where it was. They wouldn't let you cross the street to where the auditions were because it was like, no. And I mean, I snuck across and I yeah. was able to hand in my resume, which meant nothing. I think the only person that they ended up casting after that didn't look like typically Italian. Right. And I think that there were too many women that looked yeah. like me. The stereotypical Italian look. Right. Of course, if they had really had a chance to audition me, I'm sure I would have made the show. Of course. <laughs> it was the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Community theater, as you remember, usually involves a lot of rehearsals. Oh, yeah. Murder mysteries, you might have two rehearsals. Right, right. <laughs> so what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make from doing local theater to now doing television and commercials and movies? Television is very different. When you do community theater or theater in general, you usually have a couple of weeks, if not a month or so, to to learn your lines and, and kind of develop your character. Where television, you show up and they're ready to shoot. You haven't had a rehearsal. The rehearsal is, they'll say this, all right, we're up for rehearsal. And that's really more for the camera people to get their angles right and to frame up and everything else. The actors need to know their lines. Now, the good thing is with television, the scripts aren't as long, but you really need to be on your game with the lines because you don't have time to evolve. Do you get the lines ahead of time? You do, but it's funny. I did a show called The Cars That Made America for the History Channel, and I was fortunate enough to have the lead role of founder of General Motors, a guy named Billy Durant. I got that script in advance, and I had it down. And the night before, I'm at a hotel in Providence, Rhode Island, and I'm going over that script, and I get an email, and it's a new script. 
I'm like, great. Fortunately, there were changes to the script, but they were not major. Yes, you get it in advance, but I have found out since that experience, follow up to make sure that there aren't any changes, and if there are, I need it ASAP. Yeah. Now, with the coronavirus, everything's changed, including the entertainment industry. Sure. You were slated to play the fiancé of Joyce DeWitt of Three's Company in a new comedy, I Left My Dignity in My Other Purse. Correct. That was supposed to run last May at the Huntington Hills Playhouse. That was postponed until next May and June due to the pandemic. Yes. So how else has it affected you? I haven't had an in-person audition since prior to the pandemic. In fact, I think it was March 10th, literally days before the pandemic. That was my last in-person audition. But I have had some auditions which I've done self-tapes for, and I've submitted them. And fortunately, after not doing anything since the pandemic, I had three consecutive commercials between mid-August and mid-September. One is currently on TV, Med Advantage. You're a doctor in this? Uh, no, I'm a patient in that. But one of the other three, I was a doctor. That's for Anthem Healthcare. And the other was for the NFL. There was a possibility that was going to be on television, but it may still run on social um, yeah. media. Do you prefer doing comedy or drama? I like them both. So two plays immediately come to mind when you ask me that question. I just played the role of Vince Lombardi at a small professional theater in Fairlawn, New Jersey for the Skyline Theater Company. That was mostly a drama, but there was a little bit of comedy in there, little light moments. One of my favorite roles, too, was the role of Sergeant Toomey in Biloxi Blues with Lauren Woods whose name is now part of the Monmouth College uh, Playhouse. So I like, I really like it both. I don't know if I have a preference. Which do you think is harder? Maybe comedy, because that timing has to be just right for the for that laugh to sink in. Whereas when you do drama, sometimes it's hard to tell. Is the audience engaged or are they asleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas comedy, you know when you're on, especially if you have a long run and you get to compare one audience to the next, and some are going to be naturally more responsive and Sometimes it's maybe we're just not on like we were the day before, mm. you know? If you can do comedy, you can definitely do drama. I think so. Because if you're playing it for laughs, you're playing it wrong. I, I wrote a play called Disorderly Conduct that was done in Spring Lake in 2015. And I put a lot of thought and effort into it, and I did some research, and I've done a lot of farces. I've worked with Billy Van Zandt, as you know. I've worked with Lauren Woods. So I know the farce setup. But I was also researching from the perspective of a lot of the people who wrote these plays. They all said the same thing. It would be a mistake to cast actors who think it's funny or would play it for the laughs. You have to play it straight. The humor is in the situation. Yeah. We both have tons of friends who are actors, and most of them, if not all of them, would love to make a living at it. What exactly is involved in actually breaking into the professional market? If you ask maybe 10 different actors, you might get 10 different answers. It's whatever works for them. Again, for me, I sort of transitioned from local theater to professional theater and followed some of the steps that somebody had told me, such as joining Actors Access, joining Backstage, casting networks, and setting up your resume, make sure you have a good headshot, and keep submitting yourself, and just audition as much as possible, whether that's in person or over the uh, iPhone. And you can also take classes. I've taken some classes in New York. I've taken voiceover classes. I've taken some scene studies. I've taken some camera classes. I know just from watching television or movies, most of the roles are male roles. Yeah. Do you think that's going to change? Yeah, I do, actually. I think it seems to be changing already. I've seen breakdowns where they're looking for people of color or an all-inclusive cast, diversity, and I think that's good. When you're in your 20s, there are thousands of people auditioning for the same roles. Yeah. When you get to your 50s and 60s, it seems like that's where the opportunities are for people like you and I. Yeah. Because there aren't as many people auditioning anymore. I've heard that, but I don't know if that's 
That might have been true in previous generations, maybe, but people's lifestyles today and pe people retiring earlier and being in better shape, there's still plenty of there's still plenty of competition out there. What is your goal in terms of being an actor? My goal is to do as many professional projects as I can because I really like all the different genres. If you had the chance to pick your dream role, what is it? Wow, my dream role. I've never really thought about that. Well, I had the good fortune to land a small speaking role on Law and Order SVU. I was the role of a doorman, had a couple lines. That was great. I would love to be on something like Law and Order SVU with a larger role, a feature role. I was a day player there. It was great. I had my own trailer. Ooh. I'd like to do more of that. <laughs> Obviously a bigger role next time. What was your biggest disappointment in your acting career? Whether it was a, a, an audition that you totally screwed up or a part you thought you should have gotten and... I guess some missed, that you think are missed opportunities. And, and you think that way because maybe you think there's something you could have done which, which would have changed the result. Because, you know, as you know, as an actor, you do whatever you do, and then they say, have a good day. And the decision-making process, you have no control over. So if you come out of the audition room and you're like, I didn't feel I nailed that audition, you tend to turn that inward and say, that, and you think there's something you could have done. Maybe in a particular audition, there is something you could have done differently. But maybe you did nail the audition, but for whatever reason, they're just going with somebody else. So, yeah, sometimes you beat yourself up a little bit over what you think are missed opportunities, but hopefully there are other roles, too. Yeah. Last question. If somebody told you that they were planning to make a career out of being an actor, would you tell them that they should wait until they're ready to retire? I guess it would be how they present it. If they say, oh my God, I can't do anything else with my life. I have to be a professional actor. What do you think? I'd say, well, then why are you asking me? It sounds like your mind is already made up and good luck. If they seem to be on the fence about it, I would say, here's what you really need to do. You have to keep in mind the reality as well as the fantasy of this. And if you're going to be in New York, you're going to probably be living with a bunch of people. You're going to need to have some sort of job to pay for the rent. You might want to consider getting a pretty solid career and doing this on the side. And ultimately, when the time is right, maybe you retire from that career and pursue it full time. And I would be saying that because I'd be coming from a place where it worked for me. I don't really know any other way. Right now, if you're in your early 20s, you have roommates and you have that lifestyle, that's probably fine. Probably not so fine when you're in your 30s and 40s. I would try to steer somebody if they really wanted my advice. I would really say, look, make arts a part of your life. It's great. Arts is what makes us tick, right? Now, I said that was the last question, but I lie. You know that. Just let, let's assume that the career you have now in acting could have happened when you were younger. Which career would you have preferred to spend most of your life doing? As a prosecuting attorney or as an actor? Well, it's funny you said that. Actually, um, I had sort of a midlife crisis kind of in the late, in the late 90s and where I was thinking of making the move at the time. I was about 10, 11 years in as a prosecuting attorney, which I loved, by the way. But it's the late 90s, and I'm really getting the urge to try the professional acting thing. I auditioned for the actor's studio in James Lipton. I do a scene for him, and he does not seem to be very impressed. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm done here. And then, in typical James Lipton mode, he says, all right, let's try something different. And I did a scene from Biloxi Blues. I told him I, I'd play the role, and he goes, yes, I know. That's the problem. Because it, I think it came off a little too rehearsed. Yeah. So he started asking me questions about the character, and my first response was, I said something about, well, Sergeant Toomey, and he stopped, and he says, no, you are Sergeant Toomey. The light bulb went on, I'm like, oh, 
Okay. He wants me to embody the role. He wants first-person responses. I. And his whole demeanor changed during this dialogue, and we really locked in. He says, all right, good job. I did get in. I ultimately deferred admission. Make a long story short, I decided, why don't I stick with what I'm doing as a prosecuting attorney? I can always get back to this later. So I stuck with my prosecutorial career. Acting has always been my passion. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if it wasn't for the money, you would have preferred being an actor. I think that's probably a fair statement, sure. Greg, thank you so much for coming today. It's been a blast. Thank you for having me, Lucille. Good luck with the play. And yeah, that, thank And that's going to be weird. It's going to be the Hunterdon Hills Playhouse. You know, it's a great playhouse if you haven't been there. It's a dinner theater-like format, but it's during lunch. The lunch is fantastic. The dessert is to die for. In fact, one funny little nugget, one of the actors I work with said one woman came up to him and she's smiling and he says to her, did you like the play? And she's smiling back and she says, oh, oh, honey, I'm sorry. We actually don't come for the play. We come for the bread. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I left my dignity in my other purse Correct. with Joyce DeWitt and right. Greg Schwears. That's right. May and June of 2021. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Lucille. I love the arts, and I love to talk, and that's why I'm talking to local artists. And if you like listening, then subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on this page, on iTunes, or anywhere you get podcasts. I'm Lucille Sapio, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk.